Here at That's So Chronic, we are dedicated to sharing personal stories. We are not advocating any type of treatment, therapy, procedure or intervention. Everyone is unique, so please seek professional medical advice before making any decisions for yourself or for others. Welcome to That's So Chronic, the podcast where I, Jess Bryan, interview some incredible people from around the world that are thriving and sometimes only just surviving with chronic illnesses, life-changing injuries and potentially disastrous diagnoses. Today you are in for an absolute treat as I chat to The Rock FM's Lee Weir all about his type 2 diabetes. In case you're unfamiliar with diabetes, It's when the body is not creating enough insulin to keep the blood glucose levels, sugar, in a normal range. There's type 1 and there's type 2. Type 2, which we are focusing on today, can mean that the body isn't producing enough insulin or the cells in the body aren't recognising that insulin is present. While it can't be cured, Usually, but not always, type 2 can be managed by a healthy lifestyle. In this episode, Lee talks about his journey after a diagnosis, how his diet and exercise regime led him to be his GP's star pupil, the setbacks lockdown had on his health, and of course, we had to talk about his Guinness World Record for having the most tattoos of a single cartoon character on his body. Just a warning, if you have sensitive ears, there are a few swear words in this episode. As always, let me know what you think and I really hope you enjoy. Welcome to That's So Chronic. All right, here we go. Let's do it. A radio host for The Rock FM, marriage celebrant, also does the social media for a barbecue restaurant. That's the one. Has a Guinness World Record for the most tattoos of a single cartoon character on the body. And you have type 2 diabetes. I do. I do indeed. Where do we begin? This is all so exciting. Well, hmm. Well, my mum and dad met in... No, no, (laughs) we don't get into that. Um, I suppose we could just start with my diagnosis. Yeah, I'd love to know your definition of type 2 diabetes. That's changed drastically, Jess. So I first thought... My mum was a type 2 diabetic. um, And I thought that it was purely based on people that just eat sugar. Yeah. So lollies, you know, chocolate, ice cream. I don't have a sweet tooth at all. So when I got my type 2 diagnosis, I thought, holy shit, um, I'm taking in too much sugar. And where's that coming from? It's probably from all the beer you drink, Lee. Yeah. So maybe you should stop drinking beer. Um, now my idea and my knowledge of what type 2 diabetes actually is, is a lot more... It's a lot more learned. I know. I know what it, I know. What's going on in my body? I know what my body's not doing, and I know that what happen. I know what happens to my body as a result of it not doing what it should be doing, with my pancreas no longer creating enough insulin to break down the you know the glucose that's in my body and my blood. So when I first was diagnosed, I was just completely oblivious. And, I, and I'm a big guy, you know. I've always yeah. been a big guy, um, and for the last. Oh God! When did I get my? When did I change my doctor? I think I changed doctors when I was maybe thirty, and I had the same doctor for my whole life. Yeah, I found that so interesting reading through your blog. Yeah. If you guys don't know, Lee has a blog, lifeactually.weebly.com. I'll link it in the show notes so you can find it if you want to have a read. But I found that so fascinating that you had the same doctor for what was it, 29, 30 yeah, years, yeah. 
and then you changed and suddenly all of this happened. Yeah, so I lost my mum at age, she was 51 when she died, she had bowel cancer and it just went everywhere and yeah. Yeah. Fuck cancer. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, 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 me yeah, too. Fuck yeah, she cancer. was she was cool. She was a cool yeah. chick. Um and so I wanted to get a colonoscopy done because my mum died from bowel cancer and I that's the only cancer that's been in my mum's side of the family. So I thought, well, maybe this is the start of it. So I went to my doctor at the time and said, hey, look, I'd like to get a colonoscopy. And he was like, well, if you've got two and a half grand, you can get one done like next week. Otherwise, it's a really long waiting list and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, well, I'm put off. I don't have two and a half grand. No. And then my wife changed doctors uh, when we had children. And I was still with the same doctor for a couple of years after that. And then I went and joined her down the road at Swanson Medical. I grew up in Ranui, So Ranui Medical was my, was my GP. Uh, was my doctor's office and I, I went there and said to my doctor my new doctor when I met him at my first you know consultation he's like so who are you mate what can I do for you I said I'm Lee kind of gave him a brief background of why I'd changed and whatnot and he said all right well I'll tell you what mate we'll we'll, we'll first of all we'll send you off for everything we'll wow. go and we'll go and get your bloods done he's like when was the last time you uh, had a prostate have you ever had a prostate exam and I said no and he's like well Take them off, mate. Here knees, we go. We're going. Knees to your chest. Let's get into it. First time I've met him. Yeah. Um, it was brilliant. Actually, no, it wasn't brilliant. It was in no way enjoyable, but yeah. there were a hundred, like I'd rather get that done every day for the rest of my life than go and get a root canal, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. guys. And it's important. Yeah, You've guys, go it's not that done. big a deal. Get a finger up your ass. Um, so, and then he said, all right, and I'll send you off for bloods as well. And um, I'll put you on the colonoscopy waiting list because you've had a first degree relative under the age of 55 die um, from bowel cancer. You know, you'll get seen quite quickly. And I was like, holy shit, like what an amazing guy this was. Yeah, that's not what you heard. No, not at all. And then he said to me, when was the last time you had blood tests done? And I, I thought for a bit and I couldn't remember ever in my adult life getting bloods done. Yeah. Like from when I was 18. I mean, I'd had blood, I'd, I'd given blood a bunch of times but had never had blood tests done. And I said, I, I don't know. So he sent me off to get bloods done and they came back and I got a phone call from the nurse when I was at the barbecue joint that I was that I work at and I was having having lunch, a nice big delicious brisket sandwich. And I got a phone call from the nurse. She was like, hey, Leah, are you available to come in on Monday and see Tony? And I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Is everything okay? She's like, yeah, it just looks like you've got a touch of diabetes, love. And just I was <laughs> just just a touch, just a splash, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Put my sandwich down. I'm not eating this anymore. Yeah, like, what does um, this mean? Yeah, called my wife, told my wife, and she was like, "Oh, oh, god, okay, well, you know, we'll be right. Come home, we'll have a chat." And I went home and did a lot of googling, and you know, thought to myself that if I ate really well and didn't have that much sugar that weekend, and you know, wasn't on the piss, that everything on Monday would be fine. Yeah. So I went to my doctor, and he told me, he's like, "Yep, so you're you're a type two diabetically," um, and I was like, "Oh, gutted." And he said, "Yes," he said, "but you know, as far as you know, diseases go." This is not the worst, and it's 100% reversible and curable by weight loss. Wow. And I was like, okay. And he said, so, you know, eat a bit better, eat a little less, eat healthier, and do some exercise. And I was like, well, do I need to join the gym? And he was like, well, that depends. Would you enjoy that? <laughs> and I was like, no, God, no, definitely yeah, not. And no, like, not at all. And he's like, you got kids? And I was like, yeah. You got a dog? And I was like, yeah, take the dog for a walk. Yeah. Said, but make sure there are some hills, you know, get a sweat on. So I set out really, you know, kind of balls to the wall mental just going hard with everything and everyone came out of the woodwork when I started writing that blog everyone came out and was like mate you should do this diet 
you should do this. Lee, have you heard of intermittent fasting? And I was like, what the fuck is intermittent fasting? <laughs> that is so fascinating because I was diagnosed with MS in 2014 and that's a thing. I think as soon as you're diagnosed with anything, mm. someone has a diet. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did, I did a bit of Googling into the keto diet and aspects of it were really, you know, enticing to me, all the, all the bacon and all the meat and you know, yeah. that, I mean, that, <laughs> who doesn't love that? But there, it was, it just seemed like far too much admin and I was at my heaviest I was 167 kilos and that's massive yeah. for something that yeah lives on land <laughs> so I I thought right all I'm going to do is I'm going to eat a little healthier I'm going to eat a little less and I'm going to exercise daily so just shit that I should have been doing all along really yeah. um and you know, I said, look, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for all your support and your advice but you know I'm going to do this my way because there's yeah. no way after having the lifestyle that I was living to just stop everything and skip meals like intermittent fasting works for people that's fantastic if that works for you brilliant yeah doesn't work great. for me i need to eat yeah so yeah yeah intermittent fasting oh god i said what is it oh, you just you just don't eat lunch or you just don't eat breakfast and you have one meal a day <laughs> fuck that yeah I'm not doing no. that. yeah so, so you were diagnosed with type 2 diabetes from your new doctor what were you initially thinking i thought that i was just going to chuck myself into the salt pot and just be like, fuck, I'm, I'm done with this. Like, because everything that I liked to do as far as I was concerned was, hev- well, you know, I love I love drinking beers. Yeah. I love drinking beers. So I thought, right, I'm going to have to stop drinking now. Um, and, and you weren't just drinking on the weekend. It was like a full-time thing. Oh, no, it, it was it was on the weekend. So I, I, okay. I wouldn't, but it was a lot. Yeah, it was a okay. lot. So my drinking habits probably did contribute a lot to the fact that I'm a was just a big fat sack of shit. Okay. Um, and also, I mean, because we didn't eat too badly, we just the portion sizes were huge. Right. And I was always brought up not to waste food. Like so many Kiwis out there, you know, you yeah. finish what's on your plate, Lee. If you don't finish what's on your plate, and you tell me you're hungry later. That's what you're getting. So I'd finish my dinner, and then if the kids didn't eat theirs, I'd finish theirs. And then if there was leftovers, I'd be like, well, I know that that's not going to get eaten tomorrow, so I'll have that as well. Um, It was just a really unhealthy cycle. So I thought to myself, I I initially started beating myself up really bad and was like, man, you're such a piece of shit, Lee. Like, how could you let it get to this? Um, And I think that's kind of what spurred me into making those changes because it is entire was entirely my fault you know mm. I, I didn't go away and pick up a disease I didn't get COVID-19 from going to a supermarket and touching a trolley that some infected prick had touched I was type 2 diabetic due to the fact that I was living such a terrible and unhealthy lifestyle yeah so that was kind of that was kind of the basis for me to be like all right Lee well this you did this you know you can blame whatever you want how delicious beer is or how good you know a bag of salt and vinegar chips are on a Tuesday night at nine o'clock when you're not going to burn those carbs off but you you know this is all you bro so you have to fix it Um, and type 2 diabetes is so common I was mm. looking I was researching on the Ministry of Health website and they said that they estimate over 200,000 New Zealanders are living with diabetes predominantly type 2 yeah yeah and and for those 200,000 there's probably a hundred thousand that are living with type 2 that are undiagnosed yeah I think I would have been living with type 2 diabetes undiagnosed for maybe a year or two because mm-hmm. I just I had no idea. I wasn't obeying the warning signs. I was drinking a lot of water. So, yeah, and that's a sign, oh, isn't it? It's a huge sign. So I was drinking maybe six or seven 1.5 litre water bottles wow. a day. Yeah, it was mental. But then again, if we go back to my first doctor, my first doctor told me that for every 25 kilos you weigh, you should be drinking a litre of water a day, which just... Yeah. yeah. And I was a few, 25 kilos, yeah. you know. 
So yeah, it was. I, I think I had bad information from the start, and also just being completely oblivious to the fact that I mean, I again, I always knew that I was a big guy, um, but I thought type two diabetes was brought on by too much sugar. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't eat much sugar. I don't yeah. know. I said I don't have a sweet tooth at all. In your blog, you wrote the action plan is simple: stop being such a fat piece of shit. Mm. Was it simple? What mm. was the plan? The plan. The the concept was simple. Okay. The idea was simple. <laughs> Lee, you're a fat piece of shit. Stop being such a fat piece of shit. Um, I did join the gym. Oh yeah. I found the gym helpful in the sense that because I was a stay at home dad at the time, well, a stay at home, a house husband. Yeah. And because I only work on the weekends, I pull in a full time income on the weekends I was home during the day so I had the luxury of being able to make myself lunch Mm -hmm. I had the luxury of being able to drop kids off at school and then go to the gym from there when no one else is there because there's no way I was getting up at five to go and go to the gym when everyone else is there or after school hours when people get home from Mm -hmm. work but I um I just yeah I, I know a lot of people I've grew up in West Auckland and I know so many people and I didn't want to be talking to people when I was at the gym. So I had the luxury of being able to go when no one was there, the off-peak time. And my gym has a spa and a sauna. So I'd go in and I started off just doing small stuff. I'd ride a bike for 20 minutes, um, you know, the random hills thing and, you know, get a big sweat on there. And then I'd go and, you know, lift some weights. I'm limited uh, when it comes to exercise cardio-wise because of my clubbed foot. I've got a clubbed foot, so I've got no plantar flexion or rotation in my left foot so it's literally just there to be stood on so I need high intensity low impact workout style so a lot of cardio um weights are cool I enjoyed jumping on the weight machines I tried water walking shit that's hard to anyone out <laughs> yeah. there that's water walked oh my god Jesus that was so bad I did a deep water aerobics class in the in the West Wave diving pool and I had to leave after like 15 minutes because wow. it was too intense. And all these old ladies, where are you going, mate? And yeah, I was like, come Fuck on. off, get out of it. Um, <laughs> it. I was sweating in the pool and I just felt gross. I was like, this, yeah. is not, this is not good. This is not for yeah, me. Yeah, even with the back floaty thing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up, I'm going to die at the bottom of this pool. <laughs> um, so yeah, the plan, the plan was simple, but no, it wasn't easy. It wasn't yeah. easy at all. Um, I knew that if I got stuck in and stuck to my routine for at least two weeks, that it would just kind of become my new normal. And that's what it was. So it was all about changing changing my mindset around exercise, something that I usually didn't get into and wasn't a fan of, chuck on my headphones, chuck a Pearl Jam album on and don't get off the bike until the album's finished or don't stop exercising or don't stop working out until that album's finished, which was quite cool. That was really helpful. And having headphones on at the gym. And look, if you're one of these people that sees someone with headphones (laughs) at the gym and starts talking to them anyway... Fuck you. Yeah, don't leave, do leave that. You, you, don't be it, that guy. How's it going? You can see how it's going. I'm breathing like Tony Soprano over here. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a personal trainer to help you work out what you should be doing? Uh, I had a consult with a PT to begin with, and I explained my scenario and said, look, I know what I need to do. I need to, I need to, at the very least, reintroduce my body to the notion of exercising daily because it had been so long, and I led quite a sedentary lifestyle, and my job was sitting at a desk for so long that exercise was just me leaving the office to my car and walking into my house when I got home. So I said, if you give me a program, if you show me how to use the machine safely and tell me what I need to do, then I'll do it. I said, I don't need you to check up on me and email me and say, hey, Lee, how you doing? You need some motivation. I don't yeah, need that. Yeah, don't need motivational I've, quotes I've got, I've got two. I've got two beautiful children that I want to live long enough to see get married and have kids. And, you know, I don't need you coming and being all over my tits telling me that I need to do more because I know what I need to do and I'll do it. But, yeah. yeah. And you also, what is this green? Oh, the green prescription. Yeah. yeah okay. So it's a, uh, it's. I really don't want to get this wrong. I was told that the green prescription 
is for people who might need a bit of a break and a little more help getting into reintroducing themselves to exercise. So I first heard that it was for people that had disabilities. Okay. So if you had a disability, you could talk to your doctor and your doctor would give you uh, what's called a green prescription through Sport Waitakere. Um, and they would, it's basically a cheaper gym membership. It's not heavily discounted, mm-hmm. but it's a couple dollars off. Wow. So I joined, um, yeah, my, my gym membership where I am now is, I think it's about $30 a fortnight. And if I didn't have my green prescription, it would be about 35 So it's not much, but yeah. it's, it's, it's a way of, an, it's, it's a, it's a initiative set in part to encourage people to get back into exercise and it is a bit more of an incentive i guess oh absolutely it's like i get this a bit cheaper i might as well give it a go like i had a look around at other gyms and i could have joined a gym for like six bucks a week at like a at a leisure center or at a ymca or something like that but the the fact that the West Wave gym has a pool and a spa and a sauna really appealed to me. And I also take my kids there all the time just yeah. for swims because they get in for free. So my gym membership gives me access to everything. Those deep water aerobics classes that <laughs> just just don't do it. Yeah. So this is the exercise. Mm-hmm. What was the diet initially? The diet was a lot less carbs. Okay. So I mean, I I loved I love toast. I love Marmite toast. Oh, had, I love Marmite toast. As I've well. had Marmite toast for breakfast every day for as long as I can remember, unless it's a special, you know, bacon and eggs kind of brekkie. But so I thought, right, if you cut out pasta, rice, and potatoes, and fast food. Mm-hmm. I thought the weight will just fall off you because it's so easy that instant gratification on the way home to just go through a drive through mm-hmm. pick up food. And now that Uber Eats is out there, you don't even have to leave your house. No. So I was having chicken and greens. And look, I could eat chicken and greens happily for the rest of my life. Okay. Um, I started I started making my own um, sauces as opposed to just buying packets and jar sauces because they're full of sugar. Yeah. And uh, a lot of a lot of beans, green beans, broccoli, just just I mean just eating a little better. Yeah. I also went out and bought smaller plates, dining dining oh, dinner plates. Oh, great idea. Yeah. Someone said that to me and I was like that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I think my mum does it. Tricks your head. Yeah. It 100% tricks your head because you've got a full plate of food there and you know I think to start with I was like bro I know that you know this is really small. <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't a massive thing. It, 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 I mean, you can't see this because it's radio. It went from being about our plates from being maybe 25 centimeters in diameter down to like 20 or 15 or 18. So it wasn't a big drop. You know, it's not like a tea and crumpet plate. It was yeah. enough to have a chicken breast and some vegetables and you know. So that that really helped. Um and also I stopped eating. It was the snacking that was that I you know I'll get you know after dinner just sit down chuck some TV on and before I even know it I've got my hand in a bag of chips or I had my hand in a bag of chips and the next minute it was gone Mm -hmm. my brain didn't even communicate with me that this is what was happening it was I'm sitting down now the kids are in bed fucking let's get into a box of pizza shapes yeah and so it was more the savory snacking rather than sweet things oh 100% yeah yeah and 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 that was it and I would snack and you know the late night trips to count down because something was on that we wanted to watch to go and grab a bag of chips and some dip and stuff like that so in a sense when it come when it came to intermittent fasting I wasn't up for that but I did stop eating after like 6 30 or 7 o'clock at night because dinner's times would vary so I wouldn't eat and then I and I started eating breakfast because I never used to eat breakfast so I, I was put on metformin to help me manage my diabetes that kind of helps to kickstart and regulate your blood sugar for the day 
And then, so I'd have an egg for breakfast or a scrambled egg in the microwave with a bit of sriracha chili sauce because, oh yeah. yeah. Um, and then And then take my pill and then, yeah, just smaller meals. And again, um, cooking everything myself, knowing exactly what's gone into the food that I was making was very gratifying for me. And I love cooking. I also love my low and slow barbecuing. So that kind of, you know, as, as a treat, you know, like yeah. once or twice a month, I'd chuck a rack of ribs on and, you know, cook some ribs or a brisket and but even then it was just it was all about portion size and just having everything in moderation including moderation so I I gave Mm -hmm. up drinking for a couple of weeks and then I was like actually and I went to my doctor after how's it all going and I was like yeah it's good I've you know I've, I've, I've cut back on the drinking and we had a bit of a chat about that and he said to me he's like Lee there are definitely healthier ways to drink yeah. he goes do you drink spirits and I was like yep and he goes you know like a vodka soda you know there's you know but dash of lime juice or whatever mm-hmm. he wasn't he wasn't telling me to get drunk yeah. but he was saying if you enjoy having a drink there are definitely healthier ways of doing that than punching a 15 box of lime red exactly you know? yeah so the met- metformin 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 yep. that I was I did a little bit of research mm-hmm. on that so that is a medication that lowers the blood glucose levels mm-hmm. by improving the way your body responds to insulin how were you taking this medication did you just start with a week two no weeks? I was I was put straight on it straight on it from my doctor three month prescription okay yep and he you take one, that every day one tablet a day and yeah he said he said basically that all that all it, it, it kind of re- yeah regulates your blood sugars because my pancreas doesn't create insulin it's almost an insulin you know, replacement kind of thing. Okay. So your your HbA1c count, which is the medical term for the glucose levels in your blood, if they are over 50, then you're what's considered a type 2 diabetic. If they're under 50, between 43 and 50, you're what's considered pre-diabetic, which if you had have had regular blood tests growing up as an adult, which I didn't, um, you would have noticed and the doctor would have said, right, well, we're going to preempt this and we're going to put you on some diabetes medication to kind of nip this in the bud so it doesn't get that bad. So my HbA1c count was at 87 when wow. I was first diagnosed, which is terrible. Like, and yeah. I had absolutely no idea. And I was wondering why I was always tired all the time and, you know, why I was drinking so much. And I was getting up through the night, going to the bathroom like four or five times because mm-hmm. I'd drink a liter of water before I went to bed. So, yeah, so knowing knowing that kind of thing, knowing the numbers and where I was and what I needed to do. So my goal was to, at the very least, be in the pre-diabetic stages by March 2019, which was my 10-year wedding anniversary with my wife. And after my first three-month prescription of metformin, I went back to my doctor to go and get another three months. And in the lead-up to do that, I had to go get blood tests so that he could mm-hmm. check what it was. And he, he bought, took me in his office, and he was like, right, so good news. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, mate, like, um, remember how you were at 87, your, you know, your, your HbA1c count? And I was like, yeah. He goes, you're at 43. <gasps> and I was like what and he's like yeah bro like you're my star pupil yeah does that happen is that normal well it fucking did i don't know i have no idea i just and and he was like do you know what this means and i was like yeah it's good and he's like mate this is unbelievable he's like dude he goes you're you're medically you're not considered a type 2 diabetic anymore and i said so have i beaten diabetes and he goes no you know, it's, you'll have it forever. It's still lying it's, there. It's, it's, it's manageable. It's, it'd be, you know, it's like a volcano. You can have it. If, if you manage it well, it can lie dormant for a while. But if you creep, let the old lifestyle creep back in, Lee, it'll, it'll ramp back up. He said, so you're in the pre-diabetic stages. And I was like, oh, fuck. And he's like, and I kind of got a bit emotional and had a bit of a tear on. And 
Of course, this is huge. He goes, what have you been doing? And I said, it's actually been really hard, Tony. And he was like, oh, so have you been been starving yourself? And I said, no. And he goes, well, what have you done? Because this is mate. And I was like, well, I've just did what you said. You know, I ate a little less. I ate a little healthier. And I've been exercising. And he was like, well, fucking keep it up, mate. Like, yeah. This is unbelievable. He goes, dude, we, we can, he goes, if this number here drops three more points by the time of your next thing, then we can take you off the medication and you won't need it anymore. And I was like, wow. So that's really good. He's like, yeah. Went home and bought some chocolate ice creams on the way home for my wife and my kids and had a really emotional hug and told Nikita and she was just over the moon and I was crying and Lucy came out and said, what's wrong? And I said, dad's not sick anymore. Oh. And, you know, they were really kind. They, they were on board with it from the get-go as well. Like, because we all eat the same thing, I don't have, you know, prissy kids that we have to make a separate meal for. So if we had, like, spaghetti bolognese, for example, I'd have the spaghetti mixture, which I know is a lot healthier because I chopped the tomatoes and made the sauce myself, yeah. um, you know, and, and a bit of mince. I'd have that on some broccoli or, you know, with a side. So, yeah, they were they were right behind the healthy eating and the, you know, dad doesn't need any lollies, even though I would very rarely mm-hmm. smash back a chocolate bar or, you know, chocolate makes your clothes shrink. I've got no time for that. Um, so, yeah, it was, it, it was really cool. It was a really emotional day. And then we went out to a mate's house for dinner and I bought some sugar-free, some sugar-free wood, <laughs> some sugar-free Woodstocks. Yeah. Because I am still from West Auckland, you know, still got to drink the woodies. But, yeah, no, it was really cool. It was a nice, and, and then I was like, okay, well, I need to keep doing this. And then I just got real shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, so I what backslid. Yeah, next? so I, um, I just after that, after that uh, great day, I just kind of fell off. Like I thought, I've done so well. Like fuck this, I can manage this. Um, was still taking my medicine, but just yeah, old habits crept back in and started eating quite badly. And you know, the gym, I just wasn't going. And at one point, I stopped taking my metformin, and then I went back to see my doctor, and I said, "Look, this is maybe six months down the track." After that, I said, "Look, I just haven't been taking my medicine because I'm I'm, I'm so sorry, I just you know, shit person." So I said to my doctor, um, "You know, I need to, I want to get a blood test and see where I'm at." And he said, oh, "Yeah," he said, "Yeah, that's a good idea for someone who hasn't been taking their medication. Let's yeah. let's, let's do that, Lee." So I was at 57, which wasn't that bad, uh, yeah. considering that I was unmedicated. He said, "That's not bad." He said, "But take the medication, do your best," and then and then I was managing it fine. And then COVID hit and lockdown hit. And in the space of the lockdown, it had crept from 57 to 94. Oh, wow. So I went to see him just after lockdown, maybe a month or so, maybe maybe in June. Okay. I went and saw him and it was really bad. It was at 94. And I was like, okay, well, that's shit. Um, no, it wasn't June. When did I have my surgery? Yeah, yeah. And I saw him in July. I had a hernia surgery. And then I saw him in July afterwards because I'd run out of my metformin. And while I was in the doctor's office, while I was in the um, hospital, they wouldn't discharge me because my blood sugar levels were so high. Right. And they were saying to me stuff like, oh, you know, is it always this high? And I was like, fuck, I don't know. Yeah. And they were like, well, don't you have a testing kit at home? And I was like, well, should I? And they were like, well, yeah, bro, if it's this high. Right. Um, so I went to my doctor and said, hey, look, my blood sugar levels were really high um, when I had surgery and they wouldn't discharge me. They didn't give me any decent pain relief either because they thought that my blood sugars would just would be detrimental to the the healing of my wound and all this shit with the painkillers. So they sent me on my way with like 60 Panadol, which was yeah. choice. Um, so, yeah, in July, it was at 94 so I had surgery on the 18th of June and found out that my HbA1c count, due to my poor management of the fact that I have type 2 diabetes, had crept up significantly, which was even more than what I was when I was first diagnosed. Um, 
and then yeah just he said you know what you need to do you've done it before yeah I was gonna say it's really it's quite amazing that you have this thing that you can actually see the numbers yeah. and you can see on a scale when you put in the work where it mm. goes to and when you don't put in the work where it creeps up oh to. absolutely yeah and, I, and I'm seeing that at the moment I've, I've so since since my surgery I've lost 10 kilos I was 159 kilos on the day of my surgery because they took my weight and I weighed myself a couple of days ago and I'm at 149 now. So it's the first okay. time I've been under 150 in a long time. Yeah. I'm um, see, I'm a big lad. If you <laughs> Google me, Lee Weir, you'll see I'm a fucking big lad. And yeah, so I mean, I, I'm feeling good now and I, and I know that uh, some of the old habits that I got into, I'm, I'm just kicking now because I don't have any more time for that. And I mean, lockdown 2020, it's oh, just a shitstorm. Yeah. Like, no yeah. wonder, you know. <laughs> you... I did a lot of eating and a lot of drinking over, over COVID-19, over the lockdown. I had, um, I had access to a Gilmore's account and was, you know, going out and just buying heaps of food and heaps of booze and we'd have parties and it was cool. Well, parties in our bubble, Yeah, of course. bubble parties. Yeah, my brother's a, um, a sound and lighting guy, so he'd rig up our carport to just be oh, like a wow. fucking rave. And just <laughs> chuck on some Darude Sandstorm and get stuck into a couple of beers and some Jim Beam and whatnot and some Jack. But no, it was, yeah. So, But again, entirely my fault. And when I went and got my results back and he was like, Lee, this is, this is quite bad. And I was like, yeah, I know. And I said, sorry. And he's like, you don't need to apologize to me, mate. I'm not your dad. Yeah. He was like, but yeah, he goes, you, you can do better. You know, like, you know that, eh? And I was like, yeah, I know that. And he goes, well, do it. And I said, okay. What motivates you? What inspires you to, to not just give up and go, oh, well, I'm type 2 diabetic now. This is just my life. I think it's the fact that I know that I can reverse it. Yeah. So I mean, it's like like you said, you can see the numbers. I can see what happens. Like my wife got her arms around all the way around me the other day and was like, "Wow, I can really reach around you now." And she put a photo up on my Facebook page for for Father's Day of you know saying Happy Father's Day, and there were three different photos, and one of them was taken about a week and a half ago of us in the family spa pool, and I can see that my face is a hell of a lot skinnier than it was when the other photos were taken, which were also this year pre-COVID lockdown number one and in lockdown or pre-COVID lockdown number two mm-hmm. so I mean yeah seeing seeing the results I'm quite results driven okay um and I don't know I think it's one of those things where yeah again the onus is entirely on me and when and I, I put in I put an accountability post up on my Facebook page and just said look I've been managing my diabetes really quite shitty so you know next time you see me ask how I am ask how my health is Ask me when the last time I had fast food was, you know, blah, 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 all this stuff. And I said, if you don't see at least three photos or posts of me on my social media, Instagram, at the gym a week, then I'll donate $20 to a charity of your choosing, you know, or I'll donate $20 to a charity that I work for as well. So, yeah, that's been quite good. Obviously, over lockdown, I couldn't go. But, yeah. um, you know, take the dog for a walk. And it's so simple. It's really quite easy. Just... Again, don't be such a fat piece of shit, Lee. Yeah. And just get into it. Yeah. Mm. How was your mental health through all of this? Did you, I mean, it's it feels like quite a, it was quite huge being mm. diagnosed. Yeah. And, and, and in all honesty, it did totally, for me, just come out of the blue. Yeah. Because I was just so oblivious to the, the fact that diabetes was, a, you know, could be a result of a lifestyle choice. And that's largely what it is. If you if you don't lead an active, healthy lifestyle, there's a good possibility your weight creeps up, you'll get type 2 diabetes. 
Um, my mental health, I'm, I'm I'm quite strong. I've got quite a good support crew out there, and I'm not I'm not a man who's not in touch with his emotions. You know, I cried watching a fucking episode of Full House the other day. <laughs> well, I had my kids with me, and they were when you know the kids on Full House were whinging about Christmas and how they didn't get enough presents. So Uncle Jesse took them to a homeless shelter where there were homeless oh. kids who had no presents, and I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you, Lee? Oh my god!" Um, and I work for a mental health charity, the All Good Club, which um, which promotes you know positive mental health and change around men, men's mental health. So it was okay. It was all right. I think my my attitude was a bit shitty to begin with because I knew that it was going to be a decent schlep to get you know to shed all this weight and to make these big significant changes in my life and then I realized that they actually weren't that big they were just small sustainable things that I could do every day to improve my health and to make myself you know a little healthier and make me feel a little bit better after not being such a you know after being such a big fat piece of shit. And, yeah. I, and that was it. And that was it as well. I think I was the hardest person on me. Like everyone else was very supportive, um, and I think straight from the get go, I was like, again, and I can't, I can't stress this enough. It was entirely my fault, mm-hmm. and I knew that. So I was like, fuck. Well, you got to do something about this, Lee, because you can't blame anyone else. Yeah, you wrote this really amazing quote that I think I'm going to somehow repurpose and put on the That's So Chronic Instagram because mm-hmm. I just love it. You wrote, fuck lemons and fuck lemonade. Sometimes life is shitty. Deal with it and change it. Yeah. That's Get into so it. good. Yeah. It's not bad, eh? Yeah. yeah. So, d- is this true? Did you help design a medical bracelet? I did. Tell I us did. about that. So, a company got in touch with me. And this, is, this is so bad. Um, I can't even remember the name. My Identity. My Identity. That's right. .co.nz. So they got in touch with me after they, I think they saw me on TV or maybe read one of the wellness magazines where I did an interview for Diabetes New Zealand. And they said, hey, we're designing these new, uh, these new bracelets, the medical ID bracelets. And we'd love, you know, you to help us design one. And I was like, that's so cool. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're usually really quite ghastly and shitty <laughs> yeah um so i had a look i wish you had you should have let me know i would have bought it in it's badass and uh yeah so it, it doesn't look like a medical id bracelet and it's really quite cool My, the one that i've got is a black leather strap with a metal kind of uh dog tag looking thing and it's got a symbol on it that's very similar to the red hot chili peppers star if you know the chili peppers uh, and and their logo and it's got that on it and then underneath it when you take the bracelet off it's got lee Weir, type 2 diabetes and it's got my NHI number and it's got the mobile number of my wife who's my next of kin. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was I was a little hesitant as to whether or not I should even be doing this because I was like, surely there are other people out there that, you know, suffer from a lot more than me that could design this thing. So now if you go to myidentity.co.nz, look like I knew it all along, um, <laughs> you can you can buy the Lee Weir. And yeah. it says Lee, radio DJ, uh, marriage celebrant, father. Like, And it's really quite a cool design. It is really cool. So if, if, you, if you're someone who needs to be wearing a medical ID bracelet and you want something that's a little cooler than the standard shit ones. A bit more that they rock give and you, roll. A little more rock and roll, a little more black leather. Then um yeah get involved yeah it was, it was it was a cool process they sent me through a bunch of design samples and I was like I really like this one could we have this with that and she was like absolutely and I was like huh. well then that's it that's what I want yeah I didn't want to go too you know I didn't want it to be too convoluted and have too much going on you know quite visually noisy it's just a black leather. Yeah, and no one would question you wearing that, right? Oh, of course not. Like, no, not at all. You don't not have to all. talk about it all the time. Like, oh yeah, I wear this thing because I've got yeah. diabetes. Yeah, and I think and, and and medical people will know. 
they'll know exactly when they see it. They'll be like, okay, so that's a medical ID bracelet. Yeah, it's the universal symbol yeah. for the medical yeah. ID thing, isn't which it? Which kind of looks like the Red yeah. Hot Chili Peppers logo, which is really cool. And I was like, well, that's rock and roll as I'll have that. Yeah, badass. I was watching an interview that you did, I think it was with The Cafe on TV3. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, and you gave up drinking in 2013. Yeah. And with the money that you would have spent on alcohol for that year, you decided to spend it on tattoos. I did. I did. I wanted to get... Well, I originally wanted to get... I'm a big fan of The Simpsons, the TV show. Uh, as we sit here now, I'm, I've got my arm on a tissue on this <laughs> glorious table because I've just been tattooed yesterday and I don't want to get blood and ink all over the table. So I, um, I, I wanted to get a Simpsons sleeve tattoo. So I originally wanted to get different cast members on there and it was it took me so long I was constantly writing lists of who to put on and who to leave off and you know how do you have Lenny and not Carl you and know, then how, do you feel a bit bad for the other yeah, characters yeah well exactly like how do you have you know Sideshow Bob and not you know Frank Grimes you know if you're a Simpsons fan you know if you don't do, do better <laughs> um, and then I watched an episode of The Simpsons where Homer was a raccoon and you can't see this listening but there he is there Oh, oh yes. Raccoon Homer. Yeah, yeah. And then I just had the thought. I was like, man, Homer's been quite a lot of different people and different jobs and different things throughout the series. Maybe I could get a Homer Simpson tattoo sleeve of just a whole bunch of different Homers. So I got in touch with my tattooer, Ben, and he was like, bro, I'm so keen. Absolutely. And so I went and had a chat with him and he's like, right, so what we can do is we can uh, we can put a couple of Homers, you know, spaced out around your arm and then we can work in some sort of a theme like, you know, uh, duff beer and potato chips and shit that Homer gets into, donuts, you know. He said, or, and I was like, or, and he goes, well, because it's already a Homer Simpson sleeve tattoo, we can just stack your arm with Homer so that there's Homer popping out from behind Homer. And I was like, yeah, bro, let's do that. So, yep, didn't stop drinking, stopped drinking for a year. And that was, that was just a personal choice. I mean, it, I don't think it was something that was out of control for me at the time. I just thought, I'm just going to do this. Oh, pardon me. thought I'm just going to do this because fuck you. That's why yep. so I stopped drinking for a year just to see if I could do it. And I could. It was me. Um, and I spent the money that I would have spent on beer, as you said, uh, on getting my sleeve tattoo done. And then halfway through, I thought, man, there's a lot of homers on yeah. this. There's, on, on my left arm alone, there's, there was 41 at the time. <gasps> and I thought, man, I wonder if there's a Guinness World Record for this. And there wasn't. So I set one. Yeah. I got in touch with them and said, look, I'd like to set the record for the most uh, Homer Simpson tattoos. And they were like, oh, well, that's that's too specific a category. Sorry. Okay. And I was like, hang on a second. Like, I've seen, Let's work around this. Well, look, I've seen records just with people where it's like <laughs> the most pieces of spaghetti sucked up through the nose in one minute. How the fuck is that not too specific a category? So I emailed them back when the sleeve was finished. And I said, look, I've applied previously um, for the most tattoos of Homer Simpson. And I'd like to reapply and I'd like to see, you know, surely something can be done about this. And they gave me really good feedback the first time. They said, it's too niche a category because, for example, if someone came to us and said, I want to set a record for the most Pikachu tattoos from Pokemon, because they've only got six and they can't find anyone with any more, they'd yeah. have to give that record. Yeah, and so they can't just be given out records. No, God, really no, no. It, 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 this, this is an element of prestige. Yes. Um, so the lady that replied to my email, I always liken it to, to going to, to Wins or to work in Income New Zealand. Like, it all depends on who, who you get. Who you get. Yeah. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Someone might be having a real shit day and be like, fuck, I'm not giving you anything, pal. You can shove your food growing up your ass. Um, so this lady emailed me back and she was like, first of all, this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Oh, I'm a massive fan. I love her already. Oh, she was great. 
And she said, I'll, I'll see what I can do. She said, we can't, you know, it, it can't be the most Homer Simpson tattoos, but I'll talk to head office and see if they will open up a new category for you. Um, but, you know, don't get your hopes up because they never, they very rarely open up new categories. And then I got an email about a month later. She was like, good news, Lee. Um, we've opened up a new category, you know, because of you and it's uh, the most tattoos of the same cartoon character tattooed on the body and this is the evidence you need to provide we look forward to hearing from you and I provided all the evidence like I had to go to um, I had to go to skin specialists like dermatologists to say that yes the tattoos were real that Ah. they weren't just fucking drawn on (laughs) Um, and he, I, I told him I had to book an appointment with this guy and I went and he's like, all right, so what can I do for me? What's the problem? And I was like, well, this might be one of the more weird yeah. problems. And I told him and he just laughed. And he's like, so what do you want me to do? And I was like, can you just write a note saying that they're real tattoos? And just sign it and, and just, we'll yeah. And he's like, okay, sweet. And I put a business card in there. Um, had to provide photos as well and then send all that off and boom, done. So there you go. What's happening on this arm Okay, now? so. Is someone beating you? Is that unfor- why this- Unfortunately for myself, Somebody, well, no, well, two instances happened, Jess. So, one guy in the UK a few years ago got uh Homer Simpson tattoos as well. And I had so I set the record at 41 and he beat it at <gasps> 51. Oh, no, however, what he didn't do was actually apply for the record. So, this guy, okay. I'm showing Jess now some photos of this guy's tattoo sleeve, and they're all just oh. they're all just outlines. So, yeah. my, mine are full color, yeah, yours and are his. Way- his you know, and I, I, told, I sent him, I found him on Facebook, tracked track the prick down and sent him a message and said, hey, bro, um, I'm Lee. I think you've just broken my world record. One, like, congratulations. Fantastic. Two, what's your address? Um, We're going to send someone round. Well, well, what I always said I'd do if someone beat my record was, you know, buy them a beer first. Yeah. And I'd find, find out where they live, buy them a beer, and then, you know, get my record back. So I sent him £10. <laughs> So he could buy a beer. So I had to buy that money from the bank, which cost me about $44, including, you know, oh the conversion God. and the yeah, transaction yeah, yeah. fee. And I sent him £10, which I later found out probably would have bought him three or four beers, yeah, beers over in the UK. Cheaper. Yeah, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> so, look, but look, he didn't actually apply for the record, so he didn't get it. So he doesn't have a Guinness World Record of the most hitters. But we know about him. Oh, I know. I follow him on Facebook. So... Yeah, he's, he's, getting, he's getting watched. But this other guy, uh, I googled the record the other day I was just talking to someone he's like man someone's going to beat that and I was like well someone did and I thought oh I wonder if that guy in the UK's done it so I googled it and um it 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 turned up that it wasn't him it's a guy in Moscow and he's got 52 tattoos so he's only got one more tattoo than the other guy did so he's got 52 tattoos of Rick from Rick and Morty Right, yeah, because it doesn't have to be The Simpsons. doesn't have to be The Simpsons, just the same cartoon character. And I'm a big fan of Rick and Morty. And I looked at, again, this guy's tattoos, they're only outlines. So already, before I got tattooed yesterday with another 11 Homer Simpsons, I had upgraded and put a few more on. I have 54. So I've already reapplied about four weeks ago to beat his record with 54. So what I've done is I've taken photos of this of yeah. these ones that I've just had done and I'll keep that and then when I go for my next session I'll take photos of that so I'll beat him by f- at 54 and I'll get another certificate and then he might go again and get like 60 and then I'll already have another 12 in the bank to be yeah. like fucking <laughs> I'm kind of torn because I kind of like the idea of this guy always living in my shadow or do I just double sleeve straight away and then apply and come back with like 105 and be like fucking what are you going to do about it now yeah like, good dude, luck with yeah, that yeah I'm a big lad I got great <laughs> Way it's, more skin. It's tattoos on the body, mate. I'm up for a back piece. <laughs> Don't worry about that. 
so yeah that was fun but yeah it's it, it, it's a great conversation starter because yeah. it, it's a someone commented on a facebook post uh that guinness world records put up and it said you know look at this world record of homer simpson tattoo blah, blah, blah. and this, some guy commented and said congratulations dickhead all you've accomplished is looking like a pile of skittles from a distance <laughs> and i thought that was brilliant i was like man that's so good um but it, yeah people said they're like oh 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 that's homer simpson or they see crusty the clown who's you know right right at the wrist and they're like oh crusty the clown. no actually well they're all different homers mate and you have a look and they're like oh wow yeah oh there's mr sparkle and oh fuck that's right and i've got some sperm over here and <laughs> some homer simpson sperm and yeah goes right up i've got the incredible hulk homer up there somewhere and oh amazing yeah it was a lot well it hurt a lot but yeah. no it was fun it was good fun getting it done and we had some great yarns yesterday reminiscing with my tattooer who who's doing my second sleeve now and he was like, "Man, I forgot how hard how hard work this was because there's a lot of lines. There you know, is it's just a lot. But the good thing about it, if you've been tattooed or if you have tattoos, luckily for me, it's all just block color. There's no shading to be done, so they yeah. don't have to go over roughed up skin, and mm-hmm. it's all just really simple. Two D fucking cartoons, good times. So I guess to finish, mm. it's 2020. You've been through a lot of ups and downs with the type two diabetes diagnosis." How does it all look for you today? It looks good. It's looking really good. I'm incredibly optimistic about things. Again, uh, it was all my fault. Every every step of the journey I was in charge of and I chose to either from the get-go be really good or slip back into some of the old things that I used to like doing and you know be a bit shit and eat a bit shit and not exercise so I feel good I feel really good I feel positive I feel optimistic it's an exciting time to be alive again with the whole lemons and lemonade thing with COVID at the moment it's a bit fucking shit and you have to deal with it but yeah um yeah I've got a really good support crew my family are fantastic I've got uh yeah I've got a great team at work um at The Rock they're they're, they're really supportive as well it's just I think it's fun I'm looking forward to it I'm really looking forward to saying, fuck you, diabetes, you know, and just getting on with it. Because this is, like I said, the first time that this is probably the lightest I've been in, I don't know, maybe five or six years. And I feel, I, I can feel, I feel better for it. Yeah. You know, like there are and things. And that's what matters. Like you've yeah. just got to feel good. Yeah, my pants are falling off. I have to, I've got quite a low hanging stomach because again, I'm so, was such a fat piece of shit. <laughs> so I have to pull my pants up over my stomach now. Need to get a belt. I need a belt. Yeah, That's get what a I belt, need. mate. Stop wearing elasticated waistbands, <laughs> you prick. You're, you're at the stage now that you can wear belts or suspenders. Yeah. I'd always like to bring back the cape as a fashion accessory. You could do it. If anyone oh, can do bring, it, bring Lee Weir can do it. Bring back a cape. How good would a cape be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, I feel really good and I'm really excited to see what happens. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking up for it, man. I'm really excited. Amazing. Yeah. And if people want to find you to follow your journey, see what you get yep. up to during the day. Yeah, you can check me out on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Westy Lee. Westy spelled with an I-E, not a Y. And my blog is, yeah, Life Actual. And then Lee, my name, at weebly.co.nz, I think. Or at weebly.com. Sorry, at weebly.com. It'll all be linked. <laughs> I should, I should have done my research. That's what I should have done. I should have done the research into myself. Yeah, but no, chuck us a chuck us a follow on Instagram and I can have a read of my blog if you want. It's it's quite open and honest and you know, I think I said something in there about, you know, every now and then you might get some really intimate details about my life or and colonoscopies you, and colonoscopies reading about those last yeah. night or you might just hear the ramblings of a fucking prick who's sick of eating cottage cheese. But no, look it was it was the last kind of 4 years with my diagnosis have been a bit of a whirlwind. I've had ups, I've had downs, 
and I'm on an up at the moment and I'm feeling, yeah, feeling really positive about it, feeling really good. And it's just so important to have a good doctor mm. that listens and knows what they're talking about. Yeah, I, just a comp, just a competent doctor. Yeah, there's not you know? too much to ask. Yeah, I mean, no hate. I know people don't know what they don't know, but yeah. come on. <laughs> but no, but that's really bad. Like mm-hmm. everyone that I've spoken to, and or who's read my blog or who's commented on any aspect of it, the most comments I get are about the fact that I hadn't had blood tests in my yep. adult life, and I'd been to my doctor. I mean, I don't get sick that often like colds and whatnot, but I would go to, I'd see my doctor three or four times a year for, you know, other things. And at no point was he like, oh, you're fucking creeping up a bit there, Lee, you know, let's get your blood test done or whatever. And I read somewhere in my clinical notes when they got transferred over from my previous doctor to my new doctor, that I had a clinical diagnosis, a clinical note there that I was morbidly obese. And I was like, holy fucking shit. If someone had have said that to me, I would. I mean, if someone had have said to me, "Dude, you are morbidly obese." Yeah, morbid. I would have been like, "Well, fuck, that's not okay." Yeah. And I would have gone balls to the wall then, and might have might have prevented this entirely. Hindsight's a bitch like that, though. Eh? Again, yeah. it's easy to blame someone for not passing on that note to me, but it's entirely my fault. I didn't have access to that though, and now I've got this really cool app called Manage My Health. Do you know about that app? No, I don't have Manage My Health. So my doctors have got an app. It's called Manage My Health, and I've got I can see all my clinic notes. I can book doctor's appointments and blah, blah, blah. So when I see, um, when I go to my doctor and I go and get blood tests done, I was going to open it, but I won't. Um, when I go to my doctor and get any sort of test done, my, my, my clinic notes are in there. I can see the doctor's comments from all the consults I've got um, and all the consults I've had. And it's just fantastic. And so I can read all of the notes that have been passed down, even like notes from the hospital from when I had my uh, my hernia surgery and whatnot. It's just a good app. Yeah, amazing. And now I can see my history, my medical history, whereas before I couldn't. So if I read something from my doctor that I go to an appointment tomorrow, for example, and it says a uh, uh, patient has both male and female genitalia, I'll be like, fuck, okay, well, I need to get that sorted out. Yeah, like but, I, I mean, know I mean, that I mean, now. I mean, yeah, like, I, mean I, know, I mean, I know that. The now. other doctor didn't tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, the other, yeah. Spent a lot of time down there, but didn't tell me. Yeah. No, so yeah, but it's, 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 it's good having information. And again, I think yeah. knowing... Knowing knowing your disease is, is paramount to tackling it and to managing it. So I know what's happening to my body when I'm not being good. I know what's I know what happens to my body. Like I would have smashed this glass of water here four times if if wow. I was having a shit time. But yeah, so I know what's going on in my body, and I know what I need to do. I know what what foods and what things I need to put into my body that aren't going to be detrimental and that are going to be great. So I'm fucking up for it, man. I'm loving it. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for chatting right. with me it's today. It's been great to... That was a good high five. It was, it was pretty shit, to it be was. honest. Was. Look at the elbow. There you go. <laughs> that was no better. Um, no, look, it's my absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And if you've, if you've listened and you get something out of it, that's great. I'm happy to help. If not, oh, well, do something else. You'll be fine. No, thanks, Jess. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of That's So Chronic. While I will always try to publish correct information, I am still learning and understand that the world of medicine is constantly changing. If you want to reach out, you can find me at That's So Chronic on Instagram. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please press subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, leave a review wherever you get your podcasts, and tell everyone you know. That helps me get into more ears around the world to hopefully spread awareness and, more importantly, 
health